Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Anti-Bullying 101. This podcast is designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Enjoyed the podcast, everybody. Anti-Bullying 101 is brought to you by Bark. Technology that keeps your kids safer online and in real life. You wouldn't give your kid a bike without a helmet and you wouldn't let them drive a car without wearing a seatbelt. So don't give them a smartphone, tablet, or laptop without the number one safety solution on the market. Bark. Bark monitors over 30 social media platforms including YouTube, text messages, email accounts, browser history, and more. That's four times more than any other child monitoring app. And Bark alerts you via text and email when your child has encountered problematic content. You'll get automatic alerts to signs of cyberbullying, depression, online predators, adult content, and more, along with the best recommended next steps for how to address. Trusted by over 1,900 school districts nationwide, Bark is absolutely free for schools and $9 per family per month. So use the tech solution created by parents for parents, and that keeps close to 5 million kids safer online. Visit www.bark.us now to start your free trial and see why parents and caregivers across the nation now have more peace of mind while letting their kids become responsible digital natives. That's www.bark, like a dog barks when a stranger approaches your house, dot U.S. One more time, that's www.bark.us. Now, back to the show. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. It has been probably a couple of months since I've been on the air. Between the coronavirus and other family-related issues, I've had a hard time getting to my microphone and doing a podcast uh, for you guys. And I appreciate all of the listeners, uh, and I am committed right now to a podcast every Wednesday. It will be produced and 
it will be posted on Wednesday. So make sure that you look for my podcast, Anti-Bullying 101. We'll be back on every Wednesday starting effective immediately. Well, a lot of things have happened. We've been dealing with the coronavirus, and I we're not done dealing with it yet. Uh, some of the stuff here in New Jersey has opened. I mean, I went out to dinner last night, albeit in an outside venue, which was okay. Uh, everyone seemed to be well protected, and the waitresses and waiters all had their masks and gloves on, so we were we, we were not too concerned. Uh, the trick is not to get too frisky because this thing could end up, you know, coming back in the fall. And we have to be very careful about it. Uh, I know, you know, when I go out, the biggest thing for me uh, is making sure I have a mask on and I wash my hands. So that's the biggest thing. You go out, you have the mask, you wash your hands when you come home, use the sanitizer, whatever you have to do in order to make sure that you don't catch it or spread it. I am a big believer also in supplementation. I do take a lot of supplements. I do take things to help boost my immune system. So hopefully I'll be coronavirus free and my family will be as well. And other things that have happened over the course of the last few months Number one, uh, what you experienced or what this country experienced uh, was something that I'll call group bullying or systemic bullying. And it started with Mr. Floyd there in Minneapolis who had a renegade cop kneel on his neck, cutting off circulation and and killing him. And these things that occur, when they're done in large groups, are, to me, something that I call group bullying. Now, we all know that the police are designed to protect us. They're designed to help us. And there's probably, of all the police that are in this country, I would say the majority of them are good police officers and do what they have to do in order to uphold the law, deal with, deal with things in a reasonable manner, and don't put themselves in harm's way where they can get killed and understand the process involved you know, when they're making an arrest. It is because of the few, because of the few that we end up with the protests, with the destruction of property, with the burning down of cities and restaurants and small stores and all of the other things that go along with the two words rioting and looting And it's done hypocritically, I might add, because you can't do those things. You can't go out and riot, rob, and loot in behalf of someone who was just killed by a renegade cop. 
It's hypocritical. We're trying to save lives. Two days before any of this happened, no one could go out. Everyone was on almost house arrest because they didn't want to spread the coronavirus. And as soon as it happened, everybody came out, no masks on, no anything, protesting. Peaceful protesting is great. That's stuff that has to be done. That's part of our freedom in this country. But to riot and loot, loot and pillage and kill and harm and injure others just doesn't fit. It just doesn't fit. And we have to look at the reason why. It was done because they, the person that was killed was an African American and we end up believing that it was racially charged. That was the reason why he was, he was killed. Well, here's my point. A life is a life. Period. A life is a life. And if it gets taken because of irresponsibility and just not thinking or deep-seated anger that someone has and they want to take out their anger on someone else, it doesn't matter if the person's black or white. What matters is a life was taken. And we have to come to terms with that. Because I realize that there are those cops that are not too good. That profile and do things. Like I said, they're in the minority. And what those cops, what those police officers have to realize is how their behavior can influence and affect the lives of an entire country. One person's irresponsibility ended up affecting an entire country. And these are things that people have to really consider before they go out kneeling on someone's neck. And they have to be responsible for their actions. They have to be responsible for their words. They, they have to initially be responsible for what they think. And they have to be vetted so that we don't end up having this type of profile going out there in the guise of upholding the law. Because you uphold the law in many ways and you don't go out there to try and harm, you go out there to uphold the law. So police officers are designed for our protection and they deserve our support. But like any other profession, you're going to have bad doctors, bad lawyers, bad teachers, bad factory workers. And it's not that they're bad at doing their job. They're bad. Their behavior is not based on 
character or the qualities of respect and responsibility. And they have some anger that's kicking around in them that has affected them in their job. And these are the things that have to be recognized before a person gets hired. And they have to be screened out. I mean, one of the biggest questions I might ask someone who wanted to be a, um, a police officer, maybe even a teacher, because I've done a fair amount of interviewing with teachers, is what was your relationship like with your mother and father? Because most of the time, the anger that builds inside of someone comes from childhood. And it, and it is what I call unresolved youth conflict. And that unresolved youth conflict becomes an adult conflict and if there are angry bones inside of someone, they're going to take out their anger on a lot of different people, as was the case with this police officer. So we have to be aware of our hiring practices and do what we need to do to hire those that we believe are capable of performing the job without hurting others. You can't go out and do the things that that was done. And we have to realize that the rioting, the looting, the killing, the burning, and all that other stuff will never bring Mr. Floyd back. That's not going to bring Mr. Floyd back. All it's doing is hurting and potentially killing others and destroying property. That doesn't bring anyone back, and I don't think he would want to be remembered like that. I don't think anybody would. We have a responsibility for what we think, how we act, what we say. We have a responsibility for our motives, which we have to be aware of. And we have a major responsibility for our attitude. So understand that piece. And I had to get on the air and share that because I think it's important. I think it's important for everyone to know. Now, a couple of other things that are kicking around here. Number one, um, we are in the virtual age now. We are teaching, my daughter was taught for the last 10 weeks of the school year virtually using Zoom and a lot of other things. Teachers have a responsibility to get their professional development hours. And in, I believe that this is going to be the way that we are going to go going forward. I don't think there's going to be a lot of face-to-face -face stuff for a while. I teach face-to-face, -face, and right now I'm teaching virtually with the use of Zoom and other things. And it's my goal to provide teachers with the best professional development 
that they could get, and they deserve it because they're required to take courses in their subject area in order to um, get the number of hours necessary to maintain their um, certification. So I've set up, and I'm going to include this link uh, in the uh, episode description, um, something called Virtual Professional Development. And these are live courses that are offered. They're three to five hours. And the four courses that we have right now that are going to be uh, presented live. Number one, motivating disaffected and hard to handle students. That's going to be coming to you June 30th. And Thursday, July 9th. One's a Tuesday, one's a Thursday. It's 9 to 12, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Dealing with angry and irate parents. Thursday, June 25th. And Wednesday, July 7th, 9 to 12. School climate control. Thursday, July 16th. And Thursday, July 23rd, once again, 9 to 12. Now, these are all live classes. You'll have me there for questions and answers. I'll be able to t- take care of things for you. And we want to uh, make, and we're going to be providing you with a resource packet along with a certification that you completed the course. And then the last one is Anti Bullying 101. That's Tuesday, July 14th. That's 9 to 2. The ones that are three hours are only $25, and the ones that are, the one that is um, five hours is $50. Now, I'm going to post this link, and anyone can go in and register for a class. And when you register, you will get access to the uh, virtual course link that you will be able to click on and go into the day of the course. So we're looking for people to register for these courses because I do believe they're beneficial, they will help, and they help meet the needs of teachers because they are, the teachers don't have to go out. They don't have to go sit either in a hotel or in a school or something like that in order to get their professional development hours. And I know that they get their hours lots of times online, and I question some of the online material that teachers um, deal with and how quickly they may move through it. This is a legit three to five hours where you're going to be there with me and I'll be teaching you the necessary content related to the subject matter. So take advantage of that. Take advantage of it. I think it's important. I think you'll like it. And I know it's very affordable. So that's, that's the next thing that we got. The third thing that I just wanted to bring up here is whether or not we're going to end up back in school in September. And I think that if we look at this whole thing, we know that the kids are better off in school. My daughter thought it was going to be great staying home. She can't wait to go back to school. But there has to be a plan in place in order to do it. And my, my thought is this. If you have a school of five or 600 students 
Half the kids come in on Monday, half come in on, on Tuesday, half again on Wednesday, half on Thursday. The alternate days that students are not in school. The kids that come in on Monday get virtual learning on Tuesday. The kids that come in on Tuesday get virtual learning on Thursday. So they're there two days a week, but in smaller numbers. And they're going to get some virtual learning at home. And then at the elementary level, they have something where they have their um, their electives. They have their electives, where whether it be... Um, uh, they're gym classes, they call them STEAM classes, science, technology, engineering, and math, uh, all manner of different things that they can take. And my feeling is half the class comes in on Friday in the morning, the other half comes in on Friday in the afternoon to get their elective classes um, so that they can, they're, actually they're called specials, so they can get their specials and be with each other for at least two to three days a week. And so you're creating a hybrid of a course that's offered of a, uh, in a school where they come in half, uh, half the time and they do virtual half the time. We're going to be doing more virtual learning moving forward, folks, and we, we have to get used to it and we got to be ready for it. And the, the idea is, is to keep us apart. And I don't know when they're going to come up with a, a vaccine that's going to deal with this. I hope they come up with a treatment plan quickly where you can go in and get some type of antibiotic or other medication that helps you deal with this condition. But the bottom line is, right now they don't have anything, and if the kids are going to go back to school, all I can tell you is once kids get back to school, if they get it, we get it. Schools are a hotbed for spreading germs. Kids don't use tissues, they sneeze on each other, they cough on one another, albeit they'll probably have a mask on now, but the bottom line is once you get that many kids in a school building, guess what? Somebody's going to get sick. That's the way it was years ago. One kid got the chicken pox. Everybody got it. And that's what will happen in school if we go back in September. So we have to consider how we're going to manage the school year coming up in September. And each district will have their own approach. We can't get too frisky with this. We can't, you know, let our guard down. We still have to be ready for what's coming. And the bottom line is, I think I'm providing a pretty reasonable alternative as opposed to kids being in school all the time. So, something for school districts to consider. So that's three things that I spoke to you about today. Group bullying, virtual professional development, and some plan to help us deal in September with this coronavirus pandemic. Like I said, Anti-Bullying 101 will be back with you every single Wednesday. Every single Wednesday. I don't know uh, exactly when I will be posting it. It will be sometime before noon, but you will be receiving my podcast again every single Wednesday. I'm sorry it took me so long to get back to you. 
I know I do have fans out there. I know I do have people who listen, and I'm happy to be back with you. My name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Catch me again next Wednesday. Okay, for more information on how to deal with bullying and how to how to manage relationships and how to make sure that you treat everyone with respect and responsibility. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. This was Anti-Bullying 101.